So on today's episode of The Experience Curve, I am going to talk to Nicole Frazier, who's the founder of Level Up Life & Co. in New Jersey, talking about how she left behind a corporate career to start her own mindset coaching business. Okay, today I am welcoming Nicole Frazier from uh, Level Up Life & Co. out of New Jersey. Nicole, thanks for joining me today. I am so excited to be here with you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Yeah, to provide a little bit of a context, Nicole and I both grew up at the Jersey Shore. I uh, relocated out to California. She is still there and uh, killing it in her business. And for me, finding her on Facebook was pretty eye-opening because when I started this podcast, the idea was to get behind people who are entrepreneurs and how listeners and myself can learn from these people. Because I think at some point we're all entrepreneurs or wish we were, um, or at heart, we always wanted to start that company and didn't really go for it. But to talk to people that actually went for it is what really impresses me. So that was essentially my first impression of when I saw your branding online. And that's what compelled me to uh, want to talk with you about, you know, your journey to where you're at today and basically to open it up, you know, how did your life lead you to becoming a coach? Whew. So <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> no, but thank you for saying that. And I'm glad that my content moved you and inspired you to reach out because now here we are sitting here today, but yeah, no, I mean, I've had a very, I feel like untraditional journey and career path. I was like one of those people that coming out of high school, didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. So I went into the industry that is most prevalent here at the Jersey Shore, which is the casinos. And I spent like a little over 10 years in food and beverage. We'll always have a love for that industry. It's just like, you know, like that fast pace and, and the connections and the people that are in that industry. It's, it's always a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, I, I did everything, Joe, from hostessing to then waitressing, then to becoming a bartender. I like had to audition at Borgata in front of like, I competed with 3000 bartenders for 90 positions at Borgata and I got it. I was number four in seniority. And then I went into management. I was a, a restaurant manager for a huge restaurant out of New York city that opened a, a second location here in Atlantic city called Carmine's. That's actually where I met my husband. Once I was engaged, Joe, I was like, I got to get out of this food and beverage kind of cycle. <laughs> you know, we're, we're always working holidays and late nights and things like that. So that's when I sort of like went into a more corporate type of career, spent about five years as a director of business development in the healthcare sector, have like a really strong love of sales and marketing. And then I became a regional director of operations and I was overseeing a really large team and it was like a high crisis type of industry, home care for senior citizens. So, you know, it's like, I love the industry, but you really, it can really burn you out because I mean, it's a 24 seven business. And when the buck stops with you, that phone's ringing all the time. So long story short, I really was burnt out. I don't think I was prepared mentally for, you know, the toll that having that much responsibility can really have on you. So I ended up leaving. I did everything the right way, but I had no plan. Right. But I'm a serial saver. So I had a little nest egg and I was like, what the heck do I want to do with the rest of my life? So I took three months off and it was like really great because I was like, wow, like I love 
this like freedom that had never had that, you know, you know, working, working in food and beverage in a touristy area, you like work every summer. So it was like summertime. I was off. I was like, how can I create a life for myself where I could just work on my own terms, you know, work from home. And this was like six months pre COVID. So it was like really ironic, the timing. So I started to think, you know, my dad actually said to me, he's like, you know, Nicole, you don't have to go work for somebody else. You know, you could do your own thing. And I honestly hadn't really thought about it until he mentioned that to me. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, what kind of business could I start? So I was like, what kind of skills do I have that I could maybe freelance with? So, you know, I had a lot of sales and marketing background. Ever since middle school days, I had a love of writing. So I took some courses and like some online courses and stuff like that and learned a little bit of graphic design. And I started a social media management agency, launched it one month before COVID hit. <laughs> um, so it was a, it was a tumultuous little journey, but basically how that led me into coaching is because even though I had had all this experience with working in corporations, doing business development for large multi-million dollar senior sector healthcare, like kind of conglomerates, it was really easy to perform inside somebody else's business. But nowadays, when your main mode of marketing and advertising is social media, your brand really becomes you. So that first year, even though I knew how to do everything for my clients social media wise and grow their presence and everything, most of my clients were coming from referrals. But if I wanted to continue to grow a business, I had to be able to attract people that were not aware of me already. So I really struggled with that, Joe, because I, I guess all these like, lingering insecurities and limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome, it all just start, started to like bubble up from the surface. So that first year, I almost imploded my business because I was so afraid to put myself out there. I was so afraid that I wasn't enough of an expert that, you know, I, I didn't like myself on camera. Um, you know, I have this Jersey Philly accent. I didn't like the way I sound it and everything. I was just like so hypercritical of myself and in that comparison mode of what everybody else was doing that I wasn't finding my own voice. So like everything I was putting out for myself was like very like this watered down version of me. Cause I was like, well, this is what a social media company sounds like. But anyway, I, I made only $11,000 that first year. And I was like, man, this is not going to cut it. Like leaving the corporate salary that I had walked away from. I was like, if I don't conquer these things, because I am the only thing that's holding myself back, right? This is like all in my head. So if I can't break the, uh, through this, I am never going to be able to make this business work. And I'm going to have to go back to working for somebody else. So I really leaned into working with a coach myself and learning all about how to conquer these kinds of things with subconscious work. And initially... I just used that to, you know, fix my own business and my marketing. So I started getting the clients. I started hitting those like proverbial 10K months that everybody was looking for. I had a team of four women now working for me. You know, we were churning and burning, but I came across all these other entrepreneurs who were stuck where I was and having these same kind of problems. So in my discussions that I was having to try to help them, they were like, are you sure you don't want to be coaching? And it was like, God put that in my ear right at the same time. That I was starting to feel like this business is great and now it's successful, but it's not fulfilling me in the way that I feel like I really want to be fulfilled. So, you know, a couple people, they say like, you know, the Holy Spirit will confirm it. They'll put people in your path to like show you you're on the right track within a matter of two weeks. 
a bunch of people started approaching me being like, are you sure you don't want to be a coach? So, um, I leaned into that and, and followed my passion and, uh, followed my heart. I should say enrolled in a certified coaching program, became a certified mindset coach. And I've been doing that over a year now and it's been fabulous. So that, I think that that's probably more similar paths than, than we probably realized. Cause that's from my background. I started dealing cards in high school because in Jersey you can deal, you know, I was blackjack. I was everything but craps. Cause that course took, I think 12 weeks. And during high school, I didn't have 12 weeks to commit to just learning one game. Mm -hmm. So I could do, you know, blackjack, bakra, you know, any kind of pie gal poker, things like that, that weren't big six wheel that I could do during that. And it does, it sucks you in a little bit to a degree where you kind of question, should you leave the, the easy job, the easy money? Part of me moving out here was that struggle. Do mm -hmm. I give up making this good kind of this money? But then you start to realize like, wow, do I just want to be doing this my whole life? Yeah. And for me, it's just like, you got to just take the chance. So, I mean, you know, after high school, college, I got right on the plane and moved here, you know, three weeks later, but it, it does. It's a small town in Jersey in, mm -hmm. in Atlantic city, but it also, you are dealing with so many different people coming in. And I feel like when the summer hits, it's, you know, gosh, what is the population almost triple there? It feels yeah. like <laughs> where it's so like just this rush of, uh, tourism that kind of mm -hmm. comes in and that kind of fuels the economy to it, you know, for, for the most part. And, and it, makes you feel like, well, okay, maybe this is worth staying because of this and this and that. But the answer is sort of my next question I was going to ask was, was there a mentor? Because a lot of people do feel, and I'm a strong believer when I first moved out here to LA and I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, I was looking for PA jobs on movie sets and bouncing around from production to production. But when I settled in at my first studio job, a, a guy took me under his wing in the physical production department. And learned a ton from him just seeing how from the corporate side you know just seeing how he was positioning himself but he was also still chasing his passions on the side so he was able to sort of you know work life balance kind of thing and you know still to this day is you know doing great in both both uh, ends of, of that industry but was there someone specific i know you mentioned you were working with some people um that kind of pointed you in that path that really helped you hone in on this current career trajectory that you're going towards now? Yeah. I mean, it, there was a, uh, a guy on LinkedIn. He's fabulous. His name's Ravi Rajani. He has a podcast as well. And we had connected early on in my journey. He is a, like a, a, sto a story coach helps you craft your story to use it to sell your products or services. So I had joined one of his workshops and you know, my story was all going to be about my imposter syndrome and things like that, because that's what was holding me back from representing myself on social media for my business. So I wanted to use that story to draw in clients who are having the same problems, writing their own content, you know, pass that to me, I can do it for you because I could pull those strengths out of you. The things that you're afraid to put out there, I can glean those from you and put them out for you. So anyway, in this group, it was like a week long, 20 hour intensive boot camp, And there was like six other people in there with it, uh, in there with me. And during one of my one-on-one -on -one sessions with Ravi, he said, Nicole, I, I want to ask you something. He said, I, I hope I don't offend you. And I said, okay. He said, are you really sure you want to be doing this business? And I was like, why? 
And he said, because I just, I'm getting such a strong coaching vibe from you. He's like, you are already naturally coaching the other members in the group. He's like, I want you to really think about that before you put all this extra time into growing this social media business. Like, is this the thing? So, I mean, as far as like making that pivot from what I was doing social media wise to taking that leap to become a coach, that conversation was pivotal because sometimes it's like hearing that somebody else sees it in you and can see you doing it is easier than you recognizing recognizing it sometimes within yourself. Right, right. So it's funny going back to what you were saying, like, you know, owning your own brand, your accent, that's what I did. So when I went to college in Philly, it was no big deal. Everyone sounded like me. But when I transferred up north to Montclair, everyone sounded like New Yorkers. So I spent that two years trying to unlearn the Philly accent, but not pick up the, the New York accent before I moved to California. So that's why some people say like, I don't know where you're from because I don't really hear much of an accent either way. But you know, as you know, back there, everyone has that certain, you know, South Philly, Jersey, even here in Delaware and South. So Ravi basically came to you and, and was, you were doing his workshop. Mm -hmm. He said, I see something in you sort of a mentor in that way, because you were learning directly from him and his, you know, how did you sort of separate now your path and in the sense of how you're coaching clients versus maybe his method? Is there something that maybe you broke out from between his methodology and maybe yours, or is it sort of the same? You just kind of nuance your personality. Well, I guess I had already done the mindset work needed, like, by hiring a coach, by even downloading like a bunch of Tony Robbins courses, like prior to even hiring my own coach, I was like, you know, where can I get this information? So I paid for like a bunch of Tony Robbins courses and things like that, tried to guide myself first on my own journey. But Tony Robbins works a lot on the conscious, conscious transformation. And then once I worked with a coach who was doing things subconsciously, and I was like, oh my gosh, I could release these things so quickly. So all that, all that inner work had already happened. And then when Ravi and I were working together, he was sort of like that mirror that helped mm -hmm. me to, to jump into that. But I guess it was feeling so inspired and amazed at how I was able to let these things go was really the catalyst to making me be like wanting to sort of tell the world like, oh my gosh, do you know, like, if you feel like you're not confident, you're an introvert, you have these issues, you feel like the best way to put it is I thought I was stuck with those ways of being forever. I thought that was just who I was, who I had like become, even though I had like so much professional success, like personally, I had a lot of crap holding me back, you know, from bad relationships and some bullying and stuff like that. But anyway, I already was bubbling beneath the surface. Like, and he saw me talking and wanting to help people so much that he was the one that sort of was like, listen, I think you could really do this. So then someone who's listening and says, okay, like I get mindset, I get Tony, you know, most people have or should have heard of Tony Robbins and understand what, what he brings to, to, you know, he's changing lives, obviously probably every hour. What would you say though, like someone listening for a mindset coach, what's the biggest benefit or some of the benefits that they can get talking with someone like yourself? For one, there's all kinds of different coaches, right? And there's not one way that's better than the other. I, you know, all coaching basically falls under life coaching. 
right? There's just different aspects of, of, you know, lives. So you can coach just from experience. There's a lot of people to coach just from experience. I feel like the biggest thing I always come up against is people think before they really have a deep conversation with me, what are you going to tell me to like, think positive, be positive, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like you can do it. And I'm like, no, it's, it's really, I took the path, the certification that I went through where it's, it's really almost like going to school for psychology, but it's all based in neuroscience and just really understanding how your brain works how your brain stores memories, how we all have a different model of reality, right? You and I could be sitting in the same classroom, experience the same event, which to me becomes very traumatic. To you, you like didn't even talk about it when you got home to school and your mom said, how was your day kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So our brains are like these holographic filing cabinets. And the way that I store something and apply meaning to an incident affects every experience I have going forward, whether I realize it or not, if I, when I work with clients, it's basically like, all we have to do is change the way that you are storing this experience, this limiting emotion, this limiting belief, this limiting identity. And then it's almost like a, like a string of pearls. When you can heal that one thing, that, that end pearl problem, all the other pearls just fall off the string. And you realize it was really never a, a true limitation, the same way that you put it on and, and chose to accept it and walk forward, you can take it off because really you are not your story, your limitation, what's happened to you, right? I always relate it to little children. You look at a toddler, they're mm -hmm. so wacky. They're so mm -hmm. like, doo -doo -doo. like they're so themselves. They're so like truly authentic. I know that word is so played out by now, but like, they don't care how they look they're when honest. they dance. Yeah. But yeah. They, yeah. they're telling you how they feel. They yep. smile, but you know, but as you go through life, things happen and somebody maybe tells you you're not pretty, tells you you're not smart. You see something modeled in front of you. Um, so now by the time you get to adulthood, this true essence of who you are is blunted by so many things that have happened, mm -hmm. but you know, you don't have to continue to to walk forward in life like that. All of those things, there's processes by working with your subconscious to let them go. So I think that's the difference with the type of mindset work that I do. We're truly releasing and rewiring things on the subconscious level so that you can experience real and lasting change. Because I could tell you to act positive, be positive, do all these things, right? But your subconscious mind is 95% of your brain. Conscious thinking is 5%. All conscious thought is working with your willpower. So as soon as your willpower runs out for the day, you fall back into those old habits and behaviors. But when we change something on the on the subconscious level and you're really changing how you see yourself, it's called the levels of the mind. It's like purpose, identity, values, beliefs, potential, behaviors, and environment. So it's like when you change that identity, who I truly believe I am, then what you value starts to naturally change. What you believe about yourself naturally changes. What you believe your potential is naturally changes. And then your behaviors change. So a lot of times people try to say, let's work with the behavior. I'm thinking negative. Let's just think positive. Let's just like the force, that forcing type of change. It doesn't last, unfortunately. Okay. So then with the person, and I know every case has to be different. Mm -hmm. I would imagine my dad 
retired now, but he was a psychologist. So, you know, there, there's obviously going to every case you can't apply one size fits all, mm -hmm. but it's sort of like daily. Is it daily affirmations? Is it gratitudes? Or do those things play a part of, or is it sort of like case by case, depending on where the person's at and what they're trying to achieve? Are there sort of like daily, like habitual things that, that the person does to sort of change those patterns or those uh, behaviors that they don't wish to continue? So that's a great question. So yes, absolutely. There's no one size fits all. It's not like, come to me, I'm going to run you through these <laughs> couple of things and send you on your way. So there are tons of modalities that are used in specific situations. Some are going to work better. People respond differently to different types, depending on the situation. And a lot of times things are so deeply rooted that you have to like layer different mod modalities. We might tackle the same thing a couple weeks in a row with different modalities because it's like the layers of an onion. You're like, all right, now we got to that layer. Now we're going to like release this. So it's actually techniques that we're doing during the coaching session to help you release these things. And then I give you things that you need to do to help implement them, walk mm. forward in them in between the sessions, right? So it's so not like, like your homework. It's like your homework kind of thing. Yeah. So that can be affirmations. That can be a journaling exercise, but we've done like the, the tough work, the like breaking everything apart during the session. And now in between, you may have other things that you need to do. So I'm in constant communication with my clients. After the session, we have like a voice note app that we use called Voxer and um, they communicate with me every day in between to let me know like if anything's coming up, how they're feeling. But what's crazy is when you release things on the uh, subconscious level, shifts happen very quickly. Because I've gone through them myself, the only mm -hmm. way I can really best explain it is that it's like, I used to, I remember when I, like, I, I didn't used to be really confident, but it's like, I, I have no emotional feeling attached to that. It's like, yeah, I remember that, but that's, I don't know. That's just not me anymore. It's like, mm -hmm. the it's like, it, it's not like it erased the memory. Yeah. I remember I used to be like that, but I could talk about it without any like negative emotion. I can help people through that. And I mean, you're talking it's been two years since I've gone through those things. I never had any of those residual negative feelings come back up. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So like when you would measure success and again, I know everyone's different, but when you achieve success in as a, as a mindset coach or, or uh, in your field, how do you measure that success? What or when was the first time you, you, you sort of said, wow, okay, I really feel successful and I've, I've seen someone have a, a maybe it's the first time someone had a major turnaround breakthrough in just your coaching and you were able to see that for the first time i don't know what it is but what would maybe like your first achieve success in this world so amazingly at the end of many of these techniques you know they're now i'm checking in with them so tell me about that old belief how is it different now and people are like i mean um like immediately joe they're like i just don't believe that anymore. Mm. I, I don't know. Like it's, I just feel so much lighter. Like they'll have, they'll be having physical symptoms in their body, that tightness in the chest, that upset stomach, you know, and they're like, I just feel lighter. I don't feel this anxiety anymore. So that's some, some of the things, but I could tell you, like, say like on my Instagram today, I posted a message yeah. that one of my people sent me and this was her text. 
totally bragged about how amazing you are and how you changed my life. So like I'm constantly getting, I can't get any better feedback right. than that. And, and you just see it. You just see them being excited, feeling confident, going after their dreams, like somebody starting and they're in a relationship where they're, it's like emotionally abusive and they feel very stuck and they're trying to start this business. But now 12 weeks later, the business, they're getting clients, they're out there promoting it. They've let that relationship go because they're like, screw that. I don't need this negativity in my life. It's, it's, it's everybody's different journey is different, but when people are ready to make that change and, and go through this kind of work, it, it truly is life-changing. And I know cause I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first thing, exactly. And I was going to say, so, you know, I call this podcast, the experience curve and what I see that as a place where, you know, you got challenged the most while you were sort of at your, you know, as a successful person, as a successful entrepreneur, like the first challenge that hit you where you were like, Whoa, I wasn't really ready for this. I wasn't expecting this to come out of left field. Did you, did you, have you experienced a, a, a moment like that so far? Not in, in coaching life. because luckily with this business being my second mm -hmm. business venture yeah. and having done all that mindset work, I'm like, no, like any downturn, like everything's just a lesson. It's a process. I understand it. I know it's just consistency, working that consistency muscle. In the first business though, it, there was like a lot of, I don't know if I want to say like shame associated with it. Like I didn't tell, okay. my husband knows now, but I didn't tell my husband I was feeling like that. I didn't tell my mom I was feeling like that. So I feel like a lot of people on this journey, on this entrepreneurial journey, they have sort of stuck their neck out to start going down this path. It's not panning out. They are starting to get those feelings like I was that like, I'm the thing that's like really holding this journey back, this success back. And you can feel really bad and you sort of like with withdraw. So, and you don't want to portray that like, Hey, I took this chance and it's flopping and it's flopping because I can't show up the way all these other people are showing up. So it, there was a lot of like hiding in that, you know, I was like, how do I get out of this? I don't know what to do. And then you start to ruminate on all those negative feelings and it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm -hmm. you're trying to figure it out on yourself for yourself. And it's so hard with coaching. I always say everything you need is within you now. There's nothing I'm doing to you. I'm not giving you an answer. I'm not making you become something that's not already inside of you. I'm just being that mirror and asking you the right questions and doing some techniques to help you get past that mindset block, that little trap, that box that you're in so that you can realize that's not really what I believe in my heart of hearts. That's not who I believe I am, you know, so we can go back with a, a specific technique and find out what was that first experience in your childhood where you adopted this belief. And a lot of times it's really surprising to people what it is. Cause like when you try to think of it on the conscious level, you're like, if I had to think of it, it's probably this. But when they go back, they're like, it wasn't that. I can't believe it. I can't believe it was this little thing that seems so insignificant. Like for me, it was something that happened in kindergarten. Oh, wow. And I, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the thing that started thing. it all.
Wow. That's oh, wow. Okay. So people who they, so, so this is so much depending on the person, of course, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you're, you're, it's such an explorative process that you're getting to people obviously as you know, five-year-olds at some point, sometimes, you know, that that's the sort of the trigger that set in place these negative thoughts for like the next 30 years of their life mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Right. And yeah. that's how you have to kind of dig back. So talking about everything you've done from the beginning, since graduation, if there was something you had to go back and do differently, what do you think you would have done to someone listening now? Maybe like, Oh, Hey, I'm just graduating college. This girl, Nicole's got a very fascinating story. It's kind of amazing to see how the trajectory of her career is where it is today. But would she do anything differently if she could do it? And you're 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 not even halfway there, right? But <laughs> you what you know, if so, would or, or was everything a learning lesson and you're glad you did it? You know, I'm glad I dealt blackjack. I'm glad I ran around like a production assistant to all these movie sets because it just makes you who you are today. But you know, would I have probably bought property sooner. Yeah. Things like, of course, right. W would there be anything you would change? Honestly? No, it's crazy to think that, right. Because every experience that I've had obviously led me to where I am today, but all of the different careers that I've had, much like yourself inform what I'm able to bring to the table today. So it's like, you know, the tenacity, the grit, the hustle, of food and beverage, that's like in my heart, right? And and you sort of feel like and feel like the people that never worked on food and beverage versus the <laughs> ones that did, you know, you're yep, like, yep. you can communicate with a lot of different people because you're communicating for that tip. You know how to yep. like insert yourself and, you know, start a conversation. So no, I, I wouldn't have changed any of the, the places, the jobs, the careers that I've had. I would have loved to see how much I could have even expanded if I was able to let these kinds of limiting beliefs go in my early twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of so we, what you're helping people do now, you know, your wish back then, if you had a way, had no, had the, the knowledge that you have now to let go of those, then, you know, I think they're all great life lessons, you know, for me too, it was like, okay, second thoughts. Oh, should I be moving to California? I signed a six month lease in my apartment in Hollywood. Right. Because I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do well. I don't think I'm going to like it. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to miss home. I'm going to want to go back and blah, 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 blah. And here I am. But same difference. Like if I didn't have that thought, I would have been like, dude, I'm going to give it five years. I'm going to give it 10 years. I wouldn't even right. think of, you know, but because of my own thoughts of like, okay, you probably won't find a job. You probably won't do this. You probably won't do that. And you don't have anyone along the way to say like, Hey, this is, not the way to think. Let's snap you out of this. Let's work on this and figure out where this started from and, and, and how we can sort of, you know, put you on a positive mindset so you can kind of go forward and, and, and find your way without all these, was it Jim quick has that he's like a, he's like a brain coach, Jim quick. I don't know if you've ever listened to him. He's uh he's pretty, he's interesting. I'll, I'll send you offline. Yeah. He, he's definitely has these, um, a lot of good tricks to kind of get yourself into the positive mindset. We, I think every, everyone needs for the most part. So am I, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay. Okay. So the first one, if you had to pick a song that would sum up your life, what song would that be? Oh my gosh. All right. It just popped in my head sometimes. And that's like, trust your intuition, right? Mm -hmm. There is a song by 10,000 maniacs mm -hmm. and I'm going to forget the, <laughs> 
the freaking I know the name. I can't think of a song by them. And I should These are the days. Oh, right. That's the song I know. So it, it, yeah. It's you know, you'd have to listen to the words, Timeless. but yeah. yeah. But that's the um that's the song. Okay. How about okay, so you're South Jersey like I was. Who is your if you like sports? Do you have a favorite sport and who's your team? Eagles. Eagles. Okay. I am originally from Northeast Philadelphia. I have my grandfather's Eagles jacket with his name embroidered hanging in my closet. He got uh -huh. it from Bill. He got it from Bill Berge back in the day. Uh -huh. So yeah, Eagles, Philly all the way. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I noticed growing up there, you mostly have Philly. It's like the states divided into two, and the sec the upper half goes to New York and stuff like that. But yeah, you will find some transplants. My stepfather's a Giants fan, but he's from you know, North Jersey, but lived in South Jersey at the time. So you had to get those, uh, you know, people that kind of shoot back and forth across the state. What is the, your favorite place in the world to vacation? I feel like that's so tough. Cause I feel like it sometimes depends on the mood, but, um, I really loved St. Thomas like for vacation vacation, yeah. because like, I love how you can jump to like St. John and everything like that. But honestly, I'm such a, um, road trip person. I love new England. I don't know why. But like yeah, my I was husband, born in Connecticut. And, okay, yeah. so like I got engaged in Mystic. Hmm, very cool, and Mystic Pizza, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love Newport. Uh huh. Like I've been there probably more than any place else. Uh, Martha's Vineyard. I've like taken my mom and stuff like that. So I love going up to New England. We've done Maine. Like I love all those states up there. So. What? Okay. So what would be the best place if people wanted to connect with you after listening to this episode? So I. I'm on Facebook, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, but I hang out on Instagram the most. I I can have fun there, <laughs> you know, in the I'll stories your and handle. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I'll throw your handle into the show notes, but what is the handle for people listening? It is at Level Up Life and Co. So, and the word end is spelled out. And Okay, Level Up Life and Co. C-O. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much for uh, this time here. I I've learned a lot. I'm glad we were able to connect offline, obviously, but talking on this podcast as well was, you know, great knowledge. Would love to maybe check in yeah. in the future, see how things are progressing because it's I've, I have people I'm thinking of right now that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to send uh, your way because <laughs> it would be, you know, because you, you're 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 like your branding is just you you seem like it, it just portrays like a very welcoming light fun you know you get the ver a very beachy vibe i see a lot of your instagram photos are i, I know because i live there but like i can see margate and, and you know ocean city and ventnor and mm -hmm. things like that where i kind of just get that very uh warm and friendly and you know just but but professional vibe so your branding I, i'm sure that's where you came from the social media and doing it yourself really does come through in your own personal branding. So I think that it's amazing to see like how, how much you're building and just how successful things are, uh, have been for you and how they're going to be. So again, would love to check in, you know, with you in, in, in the short term and to kind of see how things are going. And, you know, obviously if there's anything your way, you know, let me know and, and would love to kind of, you know, talk to, talk to other people that maybe, uh, success stories of yours. Absolutely. And, you know, that branding is part of my journey, right? Yes. Because if you looked at the branding of my first business, it was very like, this is what a social media manager business looks like, right? When mm -hmm. I was able to break through all that, and I'm like, I want to show up as me, right? Mm -hmm. So then that's, that's what that branding was. So I love that. I really appreciate that. 
It's all very you now, for sure. I don't, I don't see anything else. It, it, it just seems very organic. I guess is probably the word to to kind of like sum up your uh, your branding is very, very, very personal, but but very organic. It doesn't look like you're sourcing that out to someone. <laughs> you no. know, you're you're very much uh, your, your own your own brand, your own person. But thank you so much for for taking the time to talk with me today. And uh, you know, we will be in touch. And everyone listening. You will have Nicole's information in the show notes and always feel free to hit her up on Instagram at level up life and co. And thank you so much for everyone for listening today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Bye.